it's moochy. And get ready for your ear lips to get Frenched real deep by the Bacon and Knees podcast. You're bacon. And I'm sausage. And this is Bacon and Nays, the solo A Star Wars Story special. I'm here with my uh, co-host for today, Mr. Mike Daffron. Well, hello. Mike Daffron is from the Watchers on the Couch podcast, currently covering Westworld. And uh, we also have a first-time guest on the phone, straight from Minneapolis, Minnesota, Mr. Paul Hermanson. Hey, howdy, howdy. What's up, Paul? How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Good. Uh, I assume you've seen the movie that we're about to talk about, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I got the I was, I was got the fan package. I was there at 6 o'clock. On, uh, I, I, was it Thursday night, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, Thursday night. Right on. So you were one of the first people in the entire world to see this movie. Yeah, apparently. I don't know. I've been getting the fan packages for all the big movies. It's uh, Avengers, Deadpool. It's a pretty good deal. You get, like, free popcorn and, like, a little trinkets. That's badass. I'm going to have to look into doing that myself, actually. Because everybody it's loves... A little for... expen- it's a little expensive, but it's, I mean, it's awesome. You get to see the movie earlier. There's usually, like, a little additional footage. Sweet. Well, uh... Let's give a little background on you. So um, I know Paul from playing shows out of town with him, and he's played a couple in St. Louis, but he's in a band called King Goro, and it's yeah, a that's uh, right. it's a heavy metal band from Minnesota. Uh, you can find their music at kinggoro.bandcamp.com, and uh, on Facebook you can find them at King Goro Metal or just by looking up King Goro. And, uh, Paul, you play bass and vocals – is yep. that, that's correct. Okay, so, but the real reason you're here is you are a uh, Star Wars super fan, as we've established, and I figured. Oh yeah, uh, I'm a fanboy. Yeah, I, I posted on uh, online this morning, and you were you responded probably within five minutes that you wanted <laughs> that you wanted to be on the show. So I love enthusiasm, uh, and of course, my co-host Mike has also seen the movie. Yes, sir. Uh, he's Mike has been on my previous Star Wars podcast that we've done, and uh, the last one didn't go very well. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, we, Paul, we had a we have a friend who is uh, very, very anti these new movies. Um, he went on a tirade about how they've affected his life personally in a bad way. So uh, we hope that you are more uh, more into these movies than he is. Oh, yeah, I definitely enjoy, I mean, it's not like the magic of the original ones, but it's still, you get to live out that universe, see all your favorite spaceships, you know, and I still, I still party on, I love it. Hell yeah, that's what I like to hear. Yeah, you get to see all the, all, all that stuff on screen instead of just hearing the characters, all, all the things that the characters pretty much talk about, yeah. you know, in a lot of the movies. You actually get to see it play out on screen, you know. So. Yeah, they're, they're, they're touched, and we'll get to that in a second, but they'll, they touch on a lot of the stuff that is brought up in the old movies. They they actually make it a, uh, well, not a reality, but you get to see the things that they've talked about happen. Yep. And what's, I, I mean, that's pretty sweet in my eyes. <laughs> it doesn't, yeah, I think, go ahead. Tom. I think Ron Howard 
Ron Howard did a great job, I think. I don't know if maybe it was him or the writing staff, but like making all those little connections and all the evil Easter eggs all over that film. Yeah, I agree. It's uh it's been kind of uh, magic to see these things happen. So uh game plan is I'm gonna run through a synopsis here and you guys can stop me anytime you want and uh and give your thoughts or uh wacky quips about anything that happens in this movie because it's it's kind of crazy and it's not your typical Star Wars movie. But uh let's let's get started here. Hey, can I say one thing before yeah, go, before go we get into the movie? Yep. Uh when I was watching the movie is this movie uh, filmed very dark? Uh, it yeah, I think it actually is a little like on, on the darker color palette. Okay, you know what I mean? Because it 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 was kind of distracting when I was actually watching the movie. Yeah, I think I think there was a balance of both. Like mm-hmm. it was sh- you know how it's actually shot and supposed to be. Yeah, I think. The theater I saw it in. That was I, what I was going to say. Is like a lot of that has to do with the screen you actually see it on. Yeah, and I like, and it was just a standard screen. Yeah, uh, I've never had any problems with that. And I just saw Infinity Wars, and that was fine. So I don't know if maybe one of the projectors were kind of dim or it's going possible, bad, yeah. or maybe just slightly out of focus or something. But yeah. I was watching, and I just you know felt a little. It just seemed a little off to me. So well, let's uh on on this note, let's continue on this. And everybody kind of give their perspective on what theater they saw it in and that kind of thing really quickly. So I went to I went out of town to a very small town. It's uh, it's called Fulton, Missouri. It's right outside of Columbia, which is like a college town here. And uh, I saw it with a bunch of my family members on Saturday of opening weekend. Uh, movie theater called the B&B. Uh, seats were awesome. There was a funny thing that happened. Uh I'm not used to seeing movies in this town, so I don't know about you, Paul, but like I beforehand I plan to make sure I get the seat that I want. You know what I'm saying? So Oh yeah, I, I got you. Yeah, so and and obviously you do too because you do those pre order things or whatever. But they my family looked at me weird when I was telling them we should go a little bit early. And I was like, well, I don't know why that's that weird, you know, but we got there, no one in the theater <laughs> on opening weekend. Yeah, okay. And it's not because the movie was like tracking badly or anything. It was just because it's a small town. Nobody goes to movies. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So even like the, one of the biggest movies of the summer, there was like maybe 15 people in the theater with our group. That's crazy. I know. Well, I like, like how do they even they stay in business? On so many theaters these days too. It's like when I saw like, let's say the Clone Wars, they didn't have, 15 screenings a night so you had to get there super early yeah right well and and in this theater i think there might have been three screens showing it but still there was i mean there was not that many people there so i that was pretty kick-ass i love small towns for this reason you don't have to worry about your seat no uh so i had a pretty enjoyable uh theater experience and uh i also wanted to quickly mention the previews that i saw which were uh jurassic world uh, skyscraper starring the rock and Mowgli. Um, I was only slightly excited by Jurassic world. I'm going to see it, but I'm not super pumped on it at this point. Um, what, did, what was your guy? Uh, well, Paul first, what was your experience going well, to, to the, the theater? Uh, you know, I got the pre-ticket. So you choose your seat right when you buy. So I already didn't have to worry about that. And we, I kind of had, it was a little picked over because I bought them late, but we were in the, like the front half. I don't know how 
you know, every theater is different, but this one had like, you know, the, the walkway in the middle, and there's like the front half and the back half. So we were like the second row in the front half. But uh, my buddy that I was going with, his name is Chewy, was running late. And I'm like out in my car waiting for him to get to my house. I'm like, get in the fucking car. We got to get there. I don't want to be late for this. But yeah, it was cool. I like watching those uh, fan event things too because everyone in the crowd's nerd. So everyone cheers for stuff and, and you know, booze or whatever. So yeah, it was a, the theater that we go to also is uh, one of the Carousel's ones. It's a fancy one. It's in a richer suburb. You can get booze if you want. They got beer. So but uh, for previews, uh, I, yeah, it was Jurassic World, I'm pretty sure, and then Ant-Man and Wasp. I, I can't really recall anything else. Well, it sounds like you got better previews than I did because Ant-Man and the Wasp looks pretty badass. Yeah, all the Marvel movies have been uh, pretty damn good lately. For sure. Uh, Mike. What was your experience like? I know you saw it this week, right? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, just yesterday oh, okay, uh, for this recording. And uh, it was good. So I went to Marcus Ronnie's 20 here in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty much probably will only go there now. And it's a little farther away from a theater that's closer here. But as far as the seats go. Assigned. Assigned seats. It's amazing. Like yeah. It's a game changer for going to the theater. Totally. For me, for sure. Yeah. Because... I could, if I want, I can show up there, you know, 15 minutes late, Mm -hmm. still know exactly where I'm sitting. Yep. I'm only going to miss the previews and I'll be right there for the, for the, you know, the whole movie. Yeah. They just revamped that theater too. And that's like my favorite place to go now. Yeah. And, and the seats, you know, they recline, uh, they're comfortable. There's good space between people. Yep. Uh, when you're reclining, you don't, you can easily get up and walk through people when they're reclined like you don't have to ask a bunch of people to get up if you need to go to the bathroom um but i was on one of the smaller standard screens which was fine uh like i just said earlier it just seemed like the lighting might have been off a little bit or something mm-hmm. um but good experience i went with my daughter uh she enjoyed it and had a good time so, yeah you actually texted me and asked mm-hmm. me when i told you St- solo was badass yeah you uh you asked can i take my daughter i'm like yeah man you could totally take your daughter right and uh it's very chewy friendly too so like i know kids love that oh yeah yeah, yeah. she loves chewy okay so let's get started on the synopsis shall we uh and uh feel free to jump in anytime you guys want to um okay so Going into this movie, didn't really have too much knowledge of what it was going to be like. Uh, only I only watch trailers of movies that I want to see once. And then I put them to bed, never to watch them again. Unless I'm in the theater, then of course I have to watch it, you know what I mean? Right. But, uh, so... Yeah, I agree with you. I try to avoid trailers as much as possible. Yeah, what were... what Paul, what was your impression of this movie going in? Do you have any previous knowledge, or uh, were you... Do you, would you consider yourself turned off by any of the previous movies or anything like that? Well, I mean, no, the newer ones are great. They're a fun ride, but it's not like I've sat and watched them at home over and over again like I have the originals. I mean, Rogue, World One was, was actually really goddamn good. I loved it, too, yeah. Um, but like this one, I'd seen like the, the teaser trailer during the Super Bowl and then a couple other ones online, but otherwise... I. All I heard, all the rumors that kind of started with the beginning of this movie were weird because they went through, what, three directors? And right. And they got Ron Howard on, which made me happy because I love Willow. It's one of my favorite movies. 
Yeah, if anybody and was then, gonna, uh, if anybody was going to save this movie from going off the rails, it's going to be Ron Howard. Yeah, especially because he goes back with George Lucas a long ways too, so he's got right. that you know that Star Wars heart. And he's a ginger. But, uh, yeah, I was, I was <laughs> nervous it was going to suck, but it it I was surprised. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. Well, Mike, do you have any uh, previous knowledge of this? Or No, I do the same thing. Like yeah. As far as trailers, I try to avoid them as much as possible because trailers now, it seems like they give too too much away in the movie. Yep, they spoil and I don't, stuff. Yeah, and I don't want to know any of that stuff. Like I'd rather just go in blind. It's much more enjoyable for me to just go in blind. Right. Okay, so start of this movie, um, we find out that Han, and, uh, Han wants to get off... Uh, this planet called Corellia, which uh, in parentheses I put the shithole, <laughs> uh, with his lady friend Kira, played by Amelia Clark, who um, I don't know if you guys will agree with this or not, has claimed the title of most attractive female to ever be in a Star Wars movie. Uh, she she has achieved this over Natalie Portman. Agree or disagree? That, that's her self-proclaimed title. No, that's uh, it's a title given to her by myself. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. But she doesn't. I, I, I guess I gotta go with Natalie Portman or even you know Carrie Fisher in Return of the Jedi. What about a three-way scissoring? <laughs> <laughs> that's not a scissor anymore, is it? More like if I all three. Know what that is. I don't. I, yeah, I've never even. I've never seen that happen. <laughs> If all three of them were in the outfit that Carrie Fisher was in when she was with... Uh, yes. Uh, I like where this is going. Which one would look better? <laughs> I, You know, I'd have to go with you, Chris. Uh, I'm telling you, man. Yeah. I'm telling you. Okay, so um, they hatch a plan to get off the planet using uh, valuable space fuel, which is really just like a plot device. Um Han and Kira get split up. Han gets away by signing up to be an Imperial pilot. And uh, she gets taken away. This was kind of a, a thing that I had never heard of, that he was an Imperial pilot at one point. And I did hear that this is in the comic books at some point, but did uh, either of you guys ever hear that he was in the Imperial forces at all? I think I actually have some old Empire comics floating around here someplace where either his origin story... Or he was uh he got kicked out for being too much of a free thinker. Okay. I had no clue. Yeah, I had never yeah, heard of that. And you know, Paul, you beat us on that one for your Star Wars fandom, I guess. Yeah, I mean <laughs> I mean Paul probably you'd probably be more of the go to. It seems uh well, it definitely wouldn't be me as far yeah. as I just know the movies, yeah. and I don't even know them that well, yeah, you yeah. know, uh, compared to a lot of people. Yeah, I, re- I love the old movies more than anything else, but uh, as far as, like, super deep backstory, right. I'm not the guy to go to. You know, stuff as far as comics I'm, yeah, and I'm not a, I'm not a huge deep video games, I don't universe, know. I've never read any of the books, but, like, I've picked up, you know, comic books here and there, Yep. and then, you know, maybe, like, some wiki reading or some clickbait hole or whatever you find yeah. yourself into. So, uh, moving on, uh, we get a three-year jump here, which I didn't expect either. Um, Han is now a grunt trooper in battle, and uh, he has a superior officer uh, who's played by Woody Harrelson, and his character's Beckett. Um, Turns out this guy and a small group of thieves are trying to steal from the Empire by secretly being part of this battle. Um, They try to leave Han by snitching on him, 
this is where we meet uh the beast in a pit and uh at first you don't see what it is but you have a kind of sneaking suspicion a little bit and it turns out it's fucking chewbacca in this uh this like mud jail cell pit sort of thing yeah uh chewy and han they hit it off and hatch plans from the start and uh this is where we see han speak wookie to chewbacca which is something that's never happened to my knowledge in a star Wars. like i don't think anybody's ever spoken wookie to him yeah. before so that was really interesting and a nice touch um uh, did you have something to say, Mike? Well, I think I was I was looking up uh, stuff after I watched the movie. Yeah, and I was trying to look online, like the uh, see what like Easter eggs and stuff I missed. Mm-hmm. And on the YouTube video, I think it said Han. I think at one point was somewhat raised by uh, Wookies. What? Yeah, at <laughs> one point. So like this might be like part of comics or video games or something. Yeah, I don't know, Paul. Maybe you know. Do you know anything about that? No, no, I have no clue about okay. any of that. <laughs> that. It's pretty sweet to think about that. There's a lot of backstory, apparently, that they yeah. put in, or, like, you would know a little bit more. Uh, after I watched this video, it was, like, 20 long-minute videos. Yeah. And it definitely, uh, they take into account uh, some of the video games, some of the... Uh, Star Wars, uh, I guess, cartoons, you know. Anime. Well, maybe we can, uh, maybe we can look uh, up your YouTube history and post it online for somebody. Yeah, for, that'd be cool. Oh, yeah. Okay, so uh, Han and Chewie escape the pit together by uh, destroying the pit, and uh, they join up with Beckett and company, and um, then we move on to a campfire scene. Um, this uh, scene establishes Han's re- need to return to Corellia for uh, Kira, which I would want to as well. Because uh, <laughs> that we've established, I'm <laughs> super horny for Kira. Okay, so uh, Woody mentions Tatooine and going there to help some crime bosses. Uh, we as an audience kind of intuit that he's talking about the huts because it's Tatooine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is kind of where we start to see where this movie is going because... This is where we get the awesome train heist scene. And this movie kind of turns into just a heist movie, which mm-hmm. is not something that we've seen in a Star Wars either. Right. It's like a whole different kind of Star Wars movie that we've never seen before. I mean, for me, it makes sense. Yeah. You know, for what else? That's Han Solo's job. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's so. a smuggler. <laughs> He's up to stuff like like plans like this you know what i mean, I mean so, I'd, I'd be i think it'd be weird if that wasn't part of the story i feel like it fits his character yeah so uh so yeah, it, it's a great it's a great start it's a great first mission and the train scene is probably my favorite part of the whole movie as yeah far as all the action sequences go oh yeah it's what it's definitely like maybe the highlight action wise of the entire film so um so as we're doing this train heist thing to to uh to get this uh this space fuel uh we get some space pirates that uh ruin their plan Arg. yeah <laughs> two of uh two of beckett's gang die right away so i i wasn't really sure what to think about that as it was happening because like we don't really know these characters that well we just know that like beckett is into them you know and and uh and one is a robot yeah, right. Yeah, man, so, from Westworld. <laughs> I had that in there. <laughs> that little forearm guy. Yeah, that the the uh, the pilot guy, you know, who kind of takes Han's job. 
Yep. Starting out, like I, I, I did like that character, um, and and I, I was surprised that they would kill off like a character that like kids might like. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, exactly. These, but since like Rogue One, they've kind of shown they're not afraid to kill off people. You know what I mean? They're not afraid to make it real. Right. You know. And if he survived, the poor guy, he would have been able to open up the cantina. Right. <laughs> Now somebody well, I else. I think did. the reason they kill off these offshoot characters is they don't fit in with like what's already been destined out that already exists. Yeah, sure. So it's like, well, you gotta have to like kind of end the string someplace. You gotta yeah, kill them off. Uh, so space fuel is lost because of these space pirates. And now uh, Beckett informs Han and Chewie that they are in grave debt to much worse people now. Um, they, and they totally fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Mike, you grab me a beer, please? Yes, sir. Paul, I don't know if you're drinking on your end, but that's how this night's going over here. No, I, wanna, I, I plan on doing that when this is over with. Oh, right on. <laughs> well, we're not in a hurry. But, uh, <laughs> well, no, I'm talking about later. I'm gonna yeah, I got you. We're all, we're all okay. So now we see, uh, the crime syndicates, uh, space yacht, which is a weird, uh, a weird ship that's like shaped straight up and down like a tower or something. Um, it's the ship of the imagination, right? Right. From the cosmos. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, surprise here is that, uh, Kira is back. She's looking good. <laughs> That's the it's thing. It's going to be every time I mention right? Listen, I, it has to be. <laughs> um, she's being weird about Han, uh, and uh, she's apparently associated with this crime syndicate. syndicate. Um, she has a tattoo of her, or a brand of some kind, and we find out that's like the sibyl, the sigil of this uh, crime syndicate. The sigil? The sigil? Sigil? Is that one of the crime signets that Han gets messed up with in Force Awakens? I actually don't know that, the answer to that. Uh, Mike, do you know? I don't know. Maybe we can uh, do some research after the fact. And uh, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I think we find out more at the end. Well, I can link that video. I think that yeah. explains some of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's obviously some background information we're not aware of here. But uh so we come to find out it's there it's the symbol of this guy. And uh in my notes I called him cat scratch face at first. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. anytime he gets mad, his his face gets super red. Well they don't really explain that either, right? There's no hmm. yeah, his scars like light up. Right. Which I thought was a cool cool touch, but uh but his real name in this is uh, Dryden Voss. Do you but, know um, how I got these scars? <laughs> a kitty. <laughs> My dad had a cat. <laughs> uh, Han and Beckett talk their way into getting a second chance um, before this guy's getting ready to kill them. Um, they tell him they can get more unrefined fuel, and it's kind of you kind of see Han's ability to bullshit his way through stuff, which I feel like is an important part to his character. You know. From yeah, because he always says he can talk his way out of anything. Yeah, well, I mean, he usually the, does, always does. From the very first time you see him in the very first movie, he's trying to bullshit his way away from Greedo, right? Right. And then he just fucking murders him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, so they uh, they're gonna need a ship, and uh, apparently Kira knows a guy. Uh, turns out, and of course the audience kind of sees this coming from a mile away, but uh, it's Lando, played by Donald Glover, who is maybe the most perfect casting of this whole movie. I, it, was, it was perfect. I, it, it was so good. What do you think, Paul? Oh, he, he definitely had the suaveness down, and like yeah, it was, it was great. I, I really enjoyed Lando's character. Yeah, he's the highlight of this movie for sure. I, I mean, so far everything that's happened, I'm 100 percent in. There's nothing mm-hmm. about this movie that I don't like so far. Uh, you think you're gonna see Han uh, win the ship here in the card game that they refer to early on, and you know, in Empire Strikes Back. Uh, or maybe it's in the first movie. I can't remember. But uh, anyway, uh, they swerve you. Uh, Landa cheats and beats Han. So you're like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> and uh, we'll get more later on that. But uh, Yeah, because like, what? I thought he wanted in a card game. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So uh, Lando agrees to help them with his ship, uh, the Falcon Reveal. And uh, we, in a funny touch, it's uh, space impounded with a boot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is fucking weird, but I'll take it. Um, they use this as a way to get more money out of Lando. And uh, and right after this, we see the space pirates kind of in the background say, like, well, we'll just let them do all the work and put a tracker on their ship, and then we'll ambush them later. So, foreshadowing. Damn trackers. Uh, and, the, and I should say the Falcon looks pretty badass. It's actually, like, pretty beat up looking here a little bit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, it's always nice the first time you see the Falcon in a Star Wars movie. Yeah. I think it's going to just be lo- that way always. And it looks like, uh, Lando made some upgrades. For sure. Yeah. yeah. He, he put the satellite dish on that always falls off. Yeah. <laughs> he has a, has a cape room. Yeah, that's right. It does. <laughs> oh, and which is the yeah, same what? room that I think, uh, that Han Solo and Princess Leia like kissed in or yeah. something. And I think, uh. I think either here or maybe later you see the uh, the uh, smuggler's um, hatch that yeah. pulls up from the floor. You see yeah, that? Yeah, you see that cool. at some point. I can't remember when. I think it's. I a, think it's later after the Kessel Run when uh, Beckett keeps check, checking the temperature of uh, whatever the fuck it's called. Oh, uh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, you're right, Paul. Okay, so uh, next thing we see here is. Han and uh, Lando's interaction. Oh, uh, this is actually just some comments I had in the middle of this. Um, Han and Lando's interaction seem legit to the character sensibilities. I think you guys would probably agree with that. Like, their scenes together, they're con- they're constantly going back and forth. Like, well, fuck you. Well, no, fuck you. <laughs> like, not saying that, but you get what I'm saying. Like, they've, they've I'm not your buddy, you. guy. Yeah. I'm not your guy, buddy. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, I feel you like... Got, uh, you got to have your man off. Right. I feel like the team just works in this movie. They, I feel like they kind of nailed the dialogue between them. Um, both actors very good at portraying these roles. Uh, they they walk. They literally. I was noticing Lando and Han the way they like stand mm-hmm. and the way they walk and that kind of shit. They thought about all of that. Oh yeah. They and they nailed all of that. And well, I think my thing with Han is half the time I thought he was right on when he'd give you those right kind of smiles or those like smirks. And you're like, 
that's goddamn Harrison Ford. Right. And then the other time I thought he really missed, though, it was like half and half for me. There was a lot of big misses where I thought this guy was kind of silly, but then there's some times I thought, like, he really nailed it. Yeah, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to go back and see this again. So I'm going to look out to see if I was just like, I mean, First time I see these movies, I'm just super stoked. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, I might there oh, yeah. might be a little bias here, <laughs> but uh, especially no, I agree with you. I'm all I'm all like, I I love every second of it. Like especially for the Last Jedi, I was like, oh that movie was great. Then I look back and I was like, oh there was that whole casino scene, which doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, like what the hell? You really got to watch it the second time to notice all the stuff when you're not wearing those like childhood classes sure yeah and and uh, i'll definitely agree with you the casino thing was it's sort of just there to be there uh we discussed this on our last podcast (laughs) and also the uh the leia thing where she's flying through space is kind of like come on yeah yeah but uh i have to say though i mean uh same thing as far as Hans, young Han Solo, yeah. young Chewie totally missed a lot of things in this. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> well, he's like 10 years old. It's so younger. easy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Apparently, he's like 200 years old or something. Yeah, so. um, yeah they make that joke at the 190. end. 190. Like, flipping all these switches. And I'm like, how'd you learn how to do that? He's right. like 290 years old. <laughs> you look great. <laughs> um, I also wanted to mention while we're kind of in between things here that these like rogue one they did this and then in this movie they did this where they focus on making kind of things look a little dirtier because in the old movies is like it doesn't seem as high tech you know what i mean like they're kind of it's kind of spacey but with like an old school sort of taste to it you know what i mean they yeah kind of like a a mad max type feature where everything right crap and crap yeah exactly and especially like when they're on the desert planet that kind of thing like it's gonna be dirty right. you know what i mean so things are getting used to right. like they reuse stuff. everything isn't pure and clean right. and perfect right you know? and they did a fantastic job nailing that stuff so kudos to them people that made the movie that probably will never hear this yeah any of the sets or anything in this movie i never felt off or was like whoa that looks weird yeah i was never like taken out of this movie by anything really okay so let's move on here um throughout there's kind of a theme of beckett telling han that he should never trust kira despite him liking her or uh, he he actually tells him like don't trust anybody because you're eventually going to get screwed you know and that's kind of like the the uh, smuggler pirate sensibility, yeah. always, anyway. Um, this theme is revisited pretty often. Uh, who did you guys think might turn on Han? Who who are you suspecting around this point in the movie? Paul, go ahead. Uh, you know, I guess kind of Lando, because even when they like meet up in um, Empire, they kind of have that moment where Lando's like, what the hell are you doing here? Yeah. And Han's all like, what? I thought we were buddies, but it was all just kind of a joke. So I thought maybe Lando would be the one, because, you know, he wasn't chewy. And then we all thought the love interest thing. Uh, Mike, so, I don't know. I, 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 that's who I would have said. Yeah. I would have said the same thing that Paul just said. And uh, and I'll tell you who mine was in a second, but I'll, I'll agree with you guys. Like, your previous knowledge of, of uh, Lando mm-hmm. leads you to think, like, well, he screwed him 
in the future, why wouldn't you know? Why would he not screw him now? You know what I'm saying? Like, right. he, you know, he's capable of doing something like that. Uh. Um, who I thought it was was Kira because she has the she had the tattoo thing. Yeah. So I think like no matter what how she's playing, I thought she was playing Han the whole time, and no matter what she says or is doing now or how sweet she's going to be to him that there's something else going on here and regardless of what she's going to do she has this tattoo so obviously she's deeper in this than he thinks she is you know what i mean yeah so anyway that's where i was in this movie um so now we go to kessel and uh it's the mining planet heist uh each character kind of plays a, a part in this chewy helps his fellow wookies escape slavery uh we're hearing a we're hearing a bunch of feedback on your end, dude. Yeah, are you like outside or something? No, I might be just like that. It's hot up here. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that's a lot better actually. Okay, so Chewie helps his uh, fellow Wookies escape slavery. Uh, we have a full droid uh, comedy revolution here, which I forgot <laughs> to mention. Lando sassy robot. All right. Um, that's, I think it's just something for the kids. What was her name? L, uh, uh, you know what? I don't remember. L seven or L three or L three. I think. Um, so she gets fucked up in this battle. Uh, and, uh, they get her, uh, torso and head out in time, but they almost all die in the process. Cause there's a major battle going on around them at this point. Um, Let's see. The gang escapes uh, in the Falcon to into uh, the Maelstrom, which is kind of like a space no man's land. Um, there's a giant space monster. Looks like an octopus. Looks uh, like an elder god. He's like fighting Cthulhu. Oh, yeah, dude. It, it actually looked pretty badass. I'm not going to lie. Uh, the, the CG in this movie looked pretty uh, stellar. Uh, hey, before you go on uh, yeah. from that, uh, so they do kind of upload her... Into That's the right, Falcon. Yeah. yeah, they uh they save her by uploading her uh her consciousness or whatever into the Falcon and she becomes a part of the Falcon. And I don't remember which movie it was, but C three PO, uh when he kinda interfaces with the Falcon, he mm-hmm. says something about like how I don't know where your ship came from or something or right. but you know or learn the dialect, but it's kinda sassy or weird. Uh, there's something that he said and I think that's a callback to uh, what C-3PO said about his ship and how it... Yeah, and uh, and he always calls it girl, and that's kind of oh, something that yeah, get, yeah. that people right. do like with their vehicles anyway. But I, I think it's kind of cool how they like sort of engineered that in. You yep. know? <laughs> that's And that goes back to what we were saying earlier is about how they so ingeniously incorporate like this new storylines into old storylines they incorporated so many great things in us like right little things uh so the uh the falcon does what the falcon always does it dies as it tries to jump in hyperspace <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there's another callback <laughs> yep uh and then it does and uh this is the castle run referred to in the old movie so this is something fans kind of wanted to see uh as far as like kind of cool action sequence i thought it lived up to the hype of what the kessel run was it's not what i would i for some reason i always picture the kessel run as being like a race you know what i mean like a like a like a space race of t- a couple of ships or something like that 
I guess it oh, wasn't. That would have been cool. Yeah, I, I guess I it wasn't that. that. It wasn't that uh, ultimately, but I was still okay with what they ended up making it being. Yeah, I I thought kind of the same way. Like, oh, kind of a race and through asteroids and this. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's crazy nonsense. But yeah, it doesn't bother me. I mean, I, mean, I thought that they didn't. They defeated a giant space monster. Yeah. <laughs> well, even the scene where you see the Star Destroyer coming through that tiny tunnel in the Maelstrom. Yeah. That's how they get through it for the people who haven't seen it, but you have to like go through this like maze. But you see this gigantic ship that's like barely fits in there, and I thought that was just awesome. It was like super impending, and all this doom. It's like, oh, there's that Star Destroyer. Yeah, that was a cool visual. I'm glad you reminded me mm-hmm. about that because I totally forgot. Uh, let's see here. So. We go to the desert planet to offload the unrefined fuel. Uh, Lando and Han have a very funny interaction where uh, Lando says he hates Han and he never wants to see him again. (laughs) And, of course, we all know he will. Um, The pirates from earlier in the movie wait, and the twist is that they are actually in disguise. They are a group of aliens uh, from different planets. Each has had their race destroyed by the Empire and the crime syndicates. I'm having trouble with that word today. Um, they hatch a plan to trick Cat Scratch Face. <laughs> and uh, Beckett wants no part in it because he is, uh, I guess he's kind of afraid. Or at least that's what he's putting on here. Um, well, he's smarter, smarter than everybody else. Sure, so yeah. Better. And uh, and he leaves the group, and we see him kind of run away. So uh, this is where we have the meeting with Cat Scratch Face. Um, Cat Scratch knows the fuel is fake. He has troops hold up the rebels on the desert planet um, for the real fuel. And uh, we think here that Kira is the sellout, but it turns out Beckett really is. He enters and uh, tells them kind of what his plan is. And uh, the fake fuel that we think is fake is actually not. And Han takes it with Chewie. So he takes Chewie hostage, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, as soon as uh, he leaves the room, that's where we get the battle between Han, Cat Scratch Face, (laughs) and, and Kira. Um. You know, the whole time that fight was going on, I couldn't help but notice the Mandalorian, like, samurai armor in the background. Like, I, it was, I, st- I stared at it the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Like, there, I mean, they do a good job of, like, throwing in Easter eggs here and there for people who are, like, really paying attention. Yep. And this is one of those moments where you see, like, little stuff in the background. Um, so, right as, they, as uh, Chewie and uh, Beckett leave the room, uh, they start this battle where, uh, and, and, um, and Dryden pulls out these like blades that like light up just like his face does. <laughs> so, so I thought that was kind of, kind of a cool touch. It almost uh, seemed like they were like lightsaber blades or like, you know, on the ends like of that, it, yeah. just on the end of the I blade think, was kind of like a lightsaber. Right. Aren't they called like vibro blades or something like that? I do not know, but we'll go with that. <laughs> uh, and then if you if you notice too that that chick that was the leader of the marauders mm-hmm. she had one of those blades but hers was bluish oh really his was red 
That's pretty badass. To kind of like to like show the representation of you know dark side versus light side. Yeah, yeah I'm sure I don't know if you guys picked up on that at all. Is that uh? It makes sense. They start with the rebel. Yeah. Do they? So th- that that group of aliens is that what they call them? The Marauders? I don't know. They, I think they were referred to as the Marauders once or twice. But they they ended up. I don't. They're just were like those pirates that they came. Sure. Uh, yeah. A bunch of kids that are wanting to start the rebellion. Yeah, I thought that was one of the cooler twists in the movie. Is like we, because. I mean, honestly, most of this movie is sort of, like, devoid of any sort of Jedi stuff, uh, except for these seeds of the Rebellion. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're paired with the Jedi in some way, always, right? Right. So, um, so okay, so this battle. Uh, Kira, in the room with them, fights on Han's side with uh, the Bladed Staff, which we're, as the audience, we're happy to see that she has picked a side, even though she clearly has some other kind of shit going on. Um, Kira ends up impaling Cat Scratch Face uh, from behind, which is a pretty badass kind of visual. Uh, this sort of happens a lot in action movies now where a guy gets stabbed through the back, <laughs> you know, with a big staff or whatever, or a sword. Um, then we have a sort of lovey scene with Han where she's like, I just want to see you smile. And we're like, fucking... Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see you naked. <laughs> um, I want to see more cleavage. Uh, Han uh, leaves to save Chewie. And she's like, I'm right, coming right behind you. <laughs> I'll be, just give me a couple minutes. <laughs> Gotta catch my breath. Um, Kira contacts in probably the biggest reveal of this movie. She contacts fucking Darth Maul. So, super nerd alert <laughs> yep. for people that are into Star Wars or, you know, like, despite how bad some of those prequel movies are, Darth Maul is kind of like, Darth Maul is kind of like the badass part of this movie, right? Yeah. I mean, or at least of those movies, but so... Paul, what did you think about Darth Maul being in this movie? Did you see this coming at all? Uh, what, what are your thoughts overall on Darth Maul? No, I was I was completely taken away by that. I thought it was a sweet reveal. I was like, ah, oh, this is like you know the big cliffhanger thing. Which it kind of seems like they set it up to be its own trilogy, maybe, or uh, at least the sequel. Yeah, I think that I think uh, I think a trilogy is in the works for this, but I I'll. I'll have to confirm later, but I've I think I've heard that online and on podcasts and stuff that they're planning on more Han movies. But I don't know with how bad it did in box office or how less they did than expected. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to affect that because there's some stuff we didn't see. We didn't see Chewie in the origin of the bowcaster, what she has as a weapon in every other movie except for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was like some other just loose ends I thought that needed to be fixed before he just jumps into the cantina tattooing. Yeah, there's definitely uh, there's like, definitely things uh, like, that uh that need to be filled in so it would lead you to believe that there's gonna be more movies attached to this one, right? Yeah. Yeah, um you I mean when you have a reveal like this or or a cameo like this, like it can't just be that, right? 
Because, like, if you if you leave that so open ended, like, well, there's you haven't really paid that off, right? Yeah, I mean, if you don't kill him eventually, at some point, it's like, well, why didn't Darth Maul get involved with Vader and Palpatine or whatever? Like later on, when the Empire, you know, there's like, yeah, so many what ifs if you don't tie that end up. Yeah, and I and it's hard to kind of place this. I I I believe this is. And tell me if I'm wrong on this, Paul, but I believe that this is this takes place after episode three. So in the time oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so so I believe that uh Darth Maul survived the uh the fight on episode one and he was given like robotics to be able to still move yep. like he has like robot legs or something like that. Uh, I, th- I think he uh, actually turned. It had was like half man, half spider. Oh, <laughs> I'm serious. Like, Are you? Yeah, yeah. I'm like eventually, kind of a, eventually he did get it, robot that, legs. Uh, yeah, that Disney show they got the Disney cartoon. Yeah, he's up yeah. On there and he's like, he's got like robot spider legs. Okay. Yeah. I see. I thought you were joking. <laughs> no, like supposedly, like he is kept alive because of his hatred for Obi Wan. Okay, and I think grew. I I don't know if it was robot spider legs because I thought he actually grew kind of these robot or uh, these real spider legs, yeah. and eventually was given yeah. robot legs. So, th- so this show is a Star Wars Rebels. Is that right? Yes, hey, that's what I was. I was yeah, yeah. This is the uh, the one area of Star Wars kind of the universe of star wars that i have never delved into so the only reason i know it because that video i was watching so so disney is like playing with their own deck now they're like fucking now you gotta go watch our cartoon bitch (laughs) (laughs) yep they pretty much like i i feel like if they're if they're ballsy enough to bring darth maul back into this you know Mm -hmm. what i mean into the situation like well now it's canon (laughs) so you have to watch it, dude. We still all get got all this stock left of these toys that never sold. Yeah, <laughs> <sighs> yeah. I but um, I super enjoyed Darth Maul being in this movie when it happened. Jaw hit the floor. I was like, "What? Yeah, they're bringing Darth Maul back." Well, that's one of the reasons I had I wanted to look up on like YouTube. That yeah. was one of the biggest reasons because I'm like, wait. Motherfucker got chopped in half, dude. Right, right. <laughs> Is that Darth Maul? Because I wasn't sure. I was like, well, maybe it was his brother. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if you do get chopped in the half, it's not like there's vital organs down there. And it's a lightsaber thing, so it's cauterized. Yeah. I mean, I get how, like, he could have survived that being force sensitive and everything. Yeah, but his Darth Maul dick is gone. So <laughs> his Darth Maul dick and balls are. That's long why gone. he's so angry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, my dick <laughs> is gone! That's what. As he's falling down that shaft in, in uh, episode one, he's like, My dick! <laughs> no lady's gonna want a robot dick. <laughs> or do they? <laughs> or do they want a spider dick? Yeah. Maybe Lays would want more of a uh, Darth Maul reminded me a lot of when Red Skull showed up in Infinity War. Oh, totally, yeah. Uh, I was not expecting it at all. I was like, holy shit. I think I actually said that out loud when I saw Red Skull. I was like, holy fucking shit. So it was uh, kind of the same thing. It was like, Darth Maul is here. This is the coolest fucking thing ever. Yeah, and it, I mean, for anybody that's talking shit on this movie... 
like they they just don't they just don't get the importance of stuff like this you know what i mean like how cool something like this is mm-hmm. uh despite episode one in hindsight being a pretty terrible movie uh darth maul is the bright spot of that so i liked episode one i mean I, well compared I, yeah. to the, that was my favorite of the first three okay Okay, I agree with you too. It's my favorite of the prequels because there's real puppets in it. Yeah, it was the there's one I was. Uh, it was the one I was most excited to see in theaters. I'll say that. I mean, the Gungans oh, yeah. ruined it, but like everything else uh, is, you know, not yeah. so bad. I guess uh, <laughs> there's so many bad parts, but there's so many good things too. Yoda still being a puppet and like the lights. I think if the lightsaber fight's the best one in all the movies. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's. I I feel like we don't even have to argue about that whatsoever, and and also the uh, the soundtrack, like the the original songs that John Williams did for that movie are also amazing. Yeah, so we yeah, can't say one great. one really great thing about this movie that there were no Gungans. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't try to put that in there. Don't like, count them out yet. I know. <laughs> They'll probably have a second one. Uh, so okay. So now, oh, Misa Han Solo. <laughs> now that now that we freaked out about Darth Maul for a second, um, let's move on with the rest of the film here. Uh, it turns out Beckett was right about Kira all along, and uh, Maul says they will be working together much more closely. And um, everybody's kind of sad because she's evil and just like a fucking woman. <laughs> Bitches. Bitches. Can't trust them. <laughs> nope, you sure can't. Um, so, Han uh, confronts Beckett, as uh, Beckett still has Chewie hostage. Beckett says, uh, you aren't like me, kid, and uh, he totally underestimates Han, who then shoots first yep. and kills him without a second's thought. You know what I'm saying? He just kills him because he's like, yeah, I have to kill him. Kill him. Han always shoots first. And like I said earlier, it plays right into the sensibilities of this character. Uh, You, I mean, it does take you by surprise a little bit, but once it happens, you're like, of course, of course it happened. Um, And then then even Beckett, like, as he's like dying, it's like, hey, you did the right thing. Yep, totally. You did what I would have done. Exactly. He says, I was going to kill you. Yep. so so then we watch the space yacht leave, and Han is sad. He's got a real sad look on his pretty face. Uh, Han and Chewie track down Lando again, and there's another card game going on. So they're like, okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Han knows Lando's tricks, and uh, Han pulls a fast one on Lando and takes his cheat card, and he wins the Falcon in, uh, in the game of, uh, what is it? Um... Baccarat. Back or something? Sabak. That's what it is. Yeah, back back red. Uh and this is the this is the moment that we thought we were getting earlier, but they teased us and now we we really get it. Mm-hmm. Um so we leave uh, our beloved duo of Han and Chewie as they talk of meeting with the bosses on Tatooine that Beckett referred to. So now they're going to uh to meet up with the huts and uh Han is brash and confident. Everything will turn out great <laughs> at these meetings. What he doesn't realize is that shit's going to go south pretty much every time he does anything. Uh, we know he's wrong, but we still love it. And uh, that's the close of this movie. So, uh, 
now we get to the aftermath of this movie, right? Um, almost immediately, people are talking, and critics are kind of split on this. I think uh, I don't know what the Rotten Tomatoes score is because I don't really take into account the Rotten Tomatoes thing like everybody else does. But uh, so as of May thirty first, which was yesterday, it's made uh, one hundred and nineteen point five million. Uh, three hundred million, but and they might. I think that's just domestic, so that's not even counting in worldwide. I don't think. Okay. Um, it's a three hundred million dollar budget, so I guess like if you're just looking at numbers, technically it didn't do great. If you're comparing it to what Star Wars movies have done before, right? If you're comparing it to what The Force Awakens did, which is, I think, comparing apples to oranges because. Uh, Force Awakens is the first new Star Wars movie. Have have other movies um, come out on this date? Because it just came out last week, right? See, yeah, and see, that's another. Memorial, it came out Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, that's another that's thing. Crazy. You, yeah, you have to take that into account here because people are busy with their families. People are doing stuff. Like, I can't believe they open on Memorial Day weekend. I think people look at this as more black and white than it actually is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is a kind of movie that has to stay in theaters for as long. I, of course, they like milk every movie for as long as they can. Yeah. But like, this is a kind of a long game type of movie. Nobody really knew much about what the story was going to be or anything like that. Nobody goes into it with any preconceived notions about what the Star Wars story uh, is going to be moving forward. Yeah, right, or, right. You know what I mean? It's a standalone Star Wars movie. Rogue One... Also, didn't do the numbers that the the the, the saga movies do. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, I feel like this movie deserves all the money. I feel like it is a fucking great Star Wars movie. It's a great heist movie. If it wasn't a Star Wars movie, if it, if it was just like a space uh, a space movie about uh, about heists or whatever, it would be just as good. Yeah, it's um, a movie that's a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, I I honestly feel like it's not really getting the credit it deserves from critics. Um not that I like look at a critic's what critics say before I go to movies really. I just hear about it in the ether, you know what I mean? Yeah. Being being a part of the internet and a part of uh f- being friends with people and that kind of thing. You just hear about movies before you see them. So uh what are your guys' thoughts on this? Mike, go ahead first. As far as what? Uh, well, do you think, uh, first of all, did do you think the movie is a good movie overall? And would you tell people to go and see it? And uh, do you think that critics are off base on this? Uh, I thought the movie was great. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. It was, I don't, and like, I think I, I might not like it more than Rogue One. I think uh, it was just a really fun movie. I think the the way they tied in so many little details of the other movies and we do it well. We do get a lot like, more of that in this than in Rogue One, right? So I, I think it just made it a lot more fun. Yeah. you know, to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, especially for like the fan, the, the super nerds, like would you know love it way more than me and see all the details and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think I agree with you saying just a standalone movie 
even just as a science space movie, mm-hmm. I think it'd be great too. Totally. I would absolutely recommend it. I mean, hopefully the word gets out more, uh, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't see how anybody watching this would really be butthurt about it. So if critics are like shitting on this movie, I don't get that at all. Yeah, I think the uh, well, the only real gripe that I can reference off the top of my head is Han. Is like some people think that Han is way off base. I don't think so. I think the dialogue of Han is great. I think he played um, the like. Well, I've said it a bunch of times already, but the sensibilities of the character are there. Uh, I think he did the best he could to uh, to play to kind of what Harrison Ford right. did without copying him beat for beat right you know what i I mean i think he did a great job but nothing threw me off to where i was like this is definitely not han solo this isn't my han solo (laughs) right it's not yours anyway (laughs) douchebag this isn't harrison ford (laughs) yeah Um, snakes (laughs) so paul what what are your thoughts overall um i like it i'm I'm a fanboy so i I, I leave every summer to be enjoying it but i mean this was a great ride from beginning to end the critic stuff, I don't know. I don't I don't ever read critic reviews before seeing a movie. I mean, maybe I'll check like a, a Rotten Tomato score before I watch something on like Netflix or Amazon, but it's, I like what I like, and I don't really give a damn what some rich guy writing for a paper says. But, uh, I mean, it was... I, I, didn't, I don't... You guys, I think, like uh, the Khaleesi character more than I did. I bet you could have had some better character development. A better character was going to try. But I think Chewie and Lando really made up made up for all the, the low ends and maybe the character development the other two. Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, the uh, the Kira character. I think we're going to see more. Like if they are, if they do end up doing more movies of Heim, which I think they're going forward with it, regardless of any, if anybody's buttered or not, uh, Disney's going to do what Disney's going to do. Um, I think we're going to see more character development of Kira now that she, you see kind of where her allegiance truly lies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they intentionally wanted to leave that a little bit mysterious. You know what I mean? Seems like, like it. Like, yeah, it makes, it makes sense in hindsight. Yeah, but sitting there in the seats is a little different. Yeah, exactly. Like you, you, there, there definitely is something left to be desired with that, and you just kind of get this one-dimensional view of her and Han being like, "Ooh, well, should we get together? Should we not <laughs> <Right>. get together?" <laughs> you know? But also, like, uh, I mean, I, I think uh, with the uh, not having a lot of character development with her, yeah. I think made it more of a surprise at the end of what she did. Mm -hmm. Cause I think uh, I was just assuming the whole time, like, okay, they're not developing like her character. There's not enough interaction. Cause I do kind of agree. There wasn't really like enough development with her, Yeah, but it almost seems purposeful. Cause then it's a little more surprising maybe. Mm -hmm. Cause me, I was assuming the whole time that, Oh yeah, she's just with Han. Like, you know, of course she's, gonna be there with them they're in love all the beginning stuff and you know they're just waiting now they're finally back together what are the odds and it's amazing right right so uh yeah and two uh, there's uh, they're gonna do a second one they have to if they don't that, uh, that'd be crazy you're not you're leaving a lot on the table if you don't so i mean they can go through that 
you know, you know, go through her three years. What happened with her three years? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's you can develop that more because I'm interested. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to whatever they decide to do with this. But this, uh, whatever this story becomes, I want to see where it's going. Especially since she's paired up with fucking Darth Maul of all people. Right. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Uh, who's she going to become? Right. She becomes... I mean, ultimately, she's pretty much a Sith apprentice. Right. Sith always working to a master and apprentice. Yep. Cat scratch guy must have had some sort of Sith training to have that vibroblade or whatever the hell he had. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, what is, mo- what is more interesting than a Sith and their apprentice in the Star Wars universe? You know what I mean? Like, the intrigue of whatever that evil relationship ends up being and how and how her character could become so much more powerful than she than than what we've been shown so far you know what i mean there's 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 stuff there to unpack that i'm definitely looking forward to so on that note let's close up this episode i want to uh i want to give you guys time to plug your stuff so mike go ahead and go first and plug your podcast uh yeah we said at the beginning uh watchers on the couch uh, we're doing Westworld right now, so if you're watching Westworld, give it a watch. Try it out. Try it out. <laughs> right now, right now, right now. And you can find that on uh, watchesonthecouch.com or uh, wherever you get podcasts. Yeah. OnyxEdgeStudios.com. That's right. And uh, Paul, uh, I want to give you a chance to plug your own stuff. So are you guys working on uh, any new music right now in King Goro? Yeah, we're actually working on a new EP. So we hope to have like six or seven new tracks by the fall. That's awesome. Uh, and I wrote down your guys' links here. So whenever uh, in the fall, or actually, I mean today, what you should do is go to kingoro.bandcamp.com. You can stream music on there. And, uh, yeah, you, I, can download, you can download both of our albums for free. They're not very good, but you know what the hell they're there. <laughs> and uh, at Kingoro Metal uh, is the website on Facebook. And uh, I can personally attest I have partied and drank the uh, the Goro juice <laughs> with King Goro. Uh, I became intoxicated from the Goro juice. <laughs> Taste the beast. <laughs> <laughs> Last time I partied with... Uh, with uh paul and his buddies in king goro was uh w- was at Fubar in st louis and uh i can't remember if you guys had goro juice there because it was a bar but no, we, uh, don't, we don't do uh, juice and liquor establishments i think it's against the law right 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 but but in a in a basement in des moines you're goddamn right there's some king goro juice yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we actually we actually played a basement show in a really long time. We made it, but we got one coming up on June thirtieth at the Sarcophagus in South Minneapolis. Great. So, uh, I, I'm assuming you're probably going to link this on your page. So, people from Minneapolis, hello. I've never met you. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe one day we'll uh, party again, man. And uh, thank you again for being on this. Uh, solo bacon and ace podcast we appreciate <laughs> we appreciate you calling in yeah man it's been an honor and uh next time we do a uh whatever the next star wars movie is 
I guess it's the next saga movie, right? That's they're not doing another one for a year and a half. I didn't know you guys right, knew that. Right, doesn't say it's yeah, uh, that, December yeah, twenty nineteen. I think it's yeah. the next saga that maybe Boba Fett. Uh yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, that kind of sucks because. I'm starting to get spoiled now that we get a Star Wars movie every year that we now we have to wait a year and a half. So I'm like, year and a half? <laughs> <laughs> Come on! Yeah. Yeah. Long, long of a time, if you think about it. No, I mean, yeah, it'll fly by, and then we'll be in the theater before we realize it. So, Hey, that's how I feel with Westworld, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's back! <laughs> right. Well, uh, as I said, thank you again, Paul, and uh, we'll see you next time. See you later, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Later, man.